On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, Setting the Captives Free will encourage you to use the tools of your own personal freedom to help others experience their own personal victory to be all God has called them to be. Well, welcome to Setting the Captives Free. This is session seven. This is part two. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the first part of this session because we talked about the whole issue of deliverance or the setting the captives free. Uh, This is a very integral part of Jesus's ministry, and I I think it's going to be a very integral part for us also. Uh, I don't hear much about this, but if you look at Jesus's ministry, he's been 25% of the recorded miracles, healings, signs and wonders uh, dealing with demons casting demons out. So it's very important for us to keep this all in balance, but at the same time, I want to just review a couple of passages here. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. It's, it's his authority. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's not some thing that we do or we get to do. <clears throat> it's his authority. We represent him. Uh, again, this is Luke 10, 18, 19. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He didn't say that the enemy doesn't have power. Well, what he's saying is, is look, my authority trumps the enemy's power. And that's the key thing for us to understand here. If we're going to represent Christ, we've got to recognize that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about my gifts. It's not about my talent. It's all about Jesus and and what he has already done. Colossians 2.15, I'll remind you again, it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Again, this is topology and uh, talking about in the old, that old day and time when they conquered an enemy, they paraded them through the streets as completely defeated, embarrassing them. So this is the same terminology that he's using to say, look, this is what Jesus did to all of these spiritual forces. He who sins is of the devil. This is 1 John 3, 8. For the devil has sinned from the beginning, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil, which he did. But he didn't destroy the devil. For 1 Peter chapter 5 says he roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he didn't destroy the devil or the demons, but he destroyed their authority over our lives. And that's why it's so very, very important for us to understand. So the issue is, and I will really bore down to, the issue is, can Christians have demons? That's a very controversial deal. Some uh, very strong denominations believe you can't have a demon. Uh, You certainly can't be possessed. Uh, The word in Matthew chapter 4 probably is is not the right interpretation. Probably should, many of you that were possessed, they're probably be oppressed. Um, Clearly, a believer cannot be possessed possessed by a demonic spirit. But I want to tell you something. You can be harassed. You can be afflicted. You can be tormented. There is very clear that death definitely can happen, and it can happen by demonic spirits. A lot of times, even sicknesses are caused by demons. And so the the key here is just what he told them in Luke chapter 10. Say, guys, listen, don't, 
Don't get all excited about demon spirits subject to you. you. You rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So the balance is this. The balance is making sure that we understand we live in a, there is a spirit world, but our focus is not on that. Our focus is on Jesus. The truth is we will and probably have encountered demonic spirits. So the issue is not that they that we're all enamored with that, our focus is on Jesus. The, the, the problem is, is a lot of times we get completely out of balance. We either, everything's demonic or nothing is. And uh, it's just not the case. God wants us to understand that if we represent him, we are going to encounter demons. You're going to encounter spiritual world. Let me just give you an example. Have you ever gone into a store and immediately you walk into a store or a place or some business and immediately you just go, woo, wow, what is that? That's a spiritual dimension you're picking up. Have you ever gone into a place and you go, wow, it's so nice in here. It's just peace. Wow, it feels good. Why? Wow, it's the presence of God. So you can pick that up in people and you can pick that up in, in things and you can be uneasy about a lot of things. So the point is, is that God wants us to understand that, um, it's, again, our focus is not on spiritual warfare. Our focus is not on demons. Our focus is on Jesus. But if we're going to follow Jesus in his ministry, we are going to encounter demons. This is Ephesians 6, verse 12. says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the ruler of darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. So what Paul is telling us there is that, look, we do battle. We're supposed to. Wrestling is a very personal up close, intense wrestling match. I mean, even boxing, I don't have to hug the opponent, but wrestling, you're, you're very involved in, in contact. So he says, look, we don't battle people. The problem is not people. It, it's never people, but it is a spiritual dimension of ranking different, it looks like principalities and powers, it looks like those are demonic spirits that are ranked over different areas. And I think you can also tell that there's different spiritual influences, I'll say it that way, over major cities. You think about uh, uh, San Francisco, for example, there's a spiritual influence over that that's perverted. There is a spirit over Los Angeles in that area of lust and that glamour and that whole deal. There's a spirit over New Orleans of witchcraft. Spirit over Dallas probably is pride and mammon. You go into these areas, and what that means is, is that you're going to be impacted. You're going to be influenced. You're going to have that. It's going to be like, wow, I never had that before. Well, you get in those areas, and that's going to probably try to, to affect you. Again, our focus is not on that. We just need to be aware that our battle is not against flesh and blood. James 4, 7 says, submit to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Uh, that is a very clear order. You have to submit to God and then you resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let me just uh, point out a couple other things here. Do you realize, uh, think about movies, think about the video games that the kids are playing. You realize that there is a constant, um, not constant, but there's a lot of activity that tries to make the devil and, and demonic spirits and evil appear to be so evil and bad. Oh my gosh, this scares you and you have to, you, you don't fool with that. Or it's a spoof and they make fun of it. It's sort of a joke. Well, neither are true. If the devil could kill you, he already would have. 
But Jesus has won. He said he kicked him out of heaven. Um, he's got the keys of death and Hades in his hand. So we've got to recognize that, yeah, we have an enemy. He roams about seeking whom he may devour, but the reality is that he has a host of, of spiritual beings with him. But we have authority over that. But the focus is not on either one of those out-of-balance situations. It's to recognize, yeah, there's something real, but we have authority to represent and to make sure that the enemy doesn't uh, rule and reign in our lives when Jesus is supposed to be ruling and reigning. The main issue that the enemy wants to get across is fear. Fear is the, it's, it's the same thing to the enemy and to the kingdom of darkness as faith is the kingdom of, of God and to light. And what I mean is, is that the enemy is always trying to get you into fear. The Bible says God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So God didn't give us fear. Why does it say 365 times in the Bible, don't fear, don't worry, don't be afraid, uh, all those kinds of terminology, because the enemy uses fear. So what fear does, we recognize that when you experience that fear around something, you need to realize, wait a minute, that's not from God. The enemy is trying to get us to be afraid. So if we're going to actually be used to cast out demons, that you got to recognize that the enemy is going to try to make you afraid. And that even manifested in front of Jesus, had all kinds of weird manifestations, threw the boy down in the fire, wallowed and foamed at the mouth. Um, I've had demons, you know, scream and, and blood-curdling, uh, crying out when command them to go, um, trying to make you afraid. But if you understand who you are in Christ, you understand your authority in Jesus, uh, it doesn't matter if they make noise or don't make noise. Philippians 1.28 says, In no way be terrified by your adversaries, which is to them proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that's from God. What he's saying here is that, look, you need to understand that when you're dealing with demonic spirits, when you're not afraid, when you understand who you are in Christ, understand who Jesus and what Jesus has done and the authority we represent, they recognize right off, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. Remember, they recognize Jesus, and they go, have you come before time to torment us? You know, they're going, what's the time? Well, whenever Jesus returns, he's going to wrap this whole thing up. It's going to be the end of all that. They don't know when that time is. They just know this. He has authority. This is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So always remember, the Spirit of God living in us has already overcome everything that the enemy can throw our way. Now, I want to take a little time here, <clears throat> and I want to talk about the practical aspects of actually praying for people. And you need to understand some things, and we've got them listed here. I hope that you can follow along in the, if you get the manual. First thing in understanding, you've got to understand authority. You've got to understand that your authority is not in your ability or your power, but it is in the name of Jesus. So when we say in the name of Jesus, I'm not just using this as rote or magic. I'm basically saying, you got to understand, I am a representative of Jesus Christ. I am under his authority. When you understand that, then that authority can be expressed through you. You've got to understand the power of the Spirit. We need to be empowered. 
to do what? To be his witnesses, to represent him. Remember, it's the spirit on Jesus. He anointed him. It says he went about in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, he went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The spirit had anointed him. We've got to understand the victory that paid for by the blood of Jesus. Understanding the power of the blood is the key thing. For that innocent blood that Jesus shed was the payment for our sin and the payment that paid and secured our victory. Now, obviously, him being raised from the dead secures it forevermore. But you must understand the power of the blood of Jesus. You need to know who you are in Christ. You know, he said, don't rejoice that, you're, that these demons are subject to you. Just rejoice that your names are written in heaven. But still need to recognize that, wow, you know, you are clearly have authority to represent him. Don't be afraid. Enemy tries to manifest and do certain things. Don't be afraid. Recognize it. Wait a minute. You know, uh, if you could kill me, you already would. If you could kill the person, you already would. Do that also. Always address the demons with direct commands of authority in the name of Jesus. You're not talking to a person. You're talking to a spirit. And you need to address it in the name of Jesus. I command you. Um, don't shout. You don't have to shout and scream. Demons aren't deaf. You don't need to dialogue with demons. There's different deliverance ministries that we've been a part of, and there's some that you have to call by name the demon and address the demon. Uh, Jesus clearly said, what's your name? Who are you? Uh, and so there is some understanding of that. I'm not trying to turn us into deliverance ministry. I'm trying to help us basic understanding so that we can accomplish uh, just in our own personal lives. Uh, I don't encourage anybody to go into deliverance ministry. You better be trained. You better be with people that understand it and and uh, be a lot of training. All I'm trying to do is help us. If we are confronted with a spirit, we know what we can do. Um, always ask the Holy Spirit, you know, for, for anointing. If spirit didn't come out, say, well, Lord, show me what's going on. Um, always be sensitive to the person that you're ministering to. You can hurt a person with a lot of words and a lot of things that you're doing. So you need to be sensitive to what you're saying and how you're saying things. The person actually does need to be involved in it, need to resist the enemy. Don't let them go to sleep. Don't let them close their eyes. They just need to, they need to resist the enemy. Remember, submit to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Um, calm people's fears. It'd be all, they're always afraid. Remember, the enemy is always trying to get you to be afraid. So don't let fear enter in. Uh, a lot of times, even in a prayer session, you pray for somebody, say, well, what are you feeling? What are you hearing? What's going on? Um, it, it's good to sometimes to hear what they're actually hearing. Uh, again, if, if the supposed demon doesn't come out, uh, you know, you may, a lot of times there may be other issues that need to be dealt with. A lot of times, especially forgiveness. For, forgiveness is a key. Forgiveness is a key to inner healing. Forgiveness is a key to deliverance. Forgiveness is a key to healing. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. And a lot of times we have forgiven to some degree, but not really forgiven from the heart. The other issue is always, we're going to look at it in just a minute, but always look and try to find out what's really going on here. Um, Jesus said the axe is laid to the root. And we always want to try to get root issues and not just deal with superficial or issues that we that are what we're seeing. Because a lot of times that leaves the root to continue to grow and to produce bad fruit. So 
This is a ministry that is, again, it's not a Lone Ranger ministry. All I'm trying to share with us is that as a representative of Christ, if we're going to set the captives free, you're probably going to encounter some demonic activity sometime. Please hear me. Everything is not demonic. Everything is not not demonic. Um, Sometimes we deal with issues of the flesh. And there says we're to crucify the flesh. You can't crucify demons, and you can't have the flesh cast out. I mean, there's two distinct different issues. So one issue is you have to deal with the flesh, but you do have to take authority over demonic spirits and command them to leave. So it's very, very important to recognize that we're not the we're not here to solve everything. We're not here to fix everything. So we've got to recognize that the biggest issue is not casting out demons. The biggest issue is making sure that any door that is open has been shut. That's the whole reason we do free indeed. Free indeed is to help us discover if there's an open door, I'll say it this way, if there is legal access for demons to have. And so it's nothing to cast these demons out. We've done free indeed, like I said, in many nations around the world. And uh, when we get through with that, when we take authority over the enemy, we're going to look at this Again, the chart of demonic spirits, when we get to the time of prayer, there's not a lot of manifestations because we've canceled the legal ground of the enemy as we've gone through the ministry. And when we finally get to this place, uh, they have no ground to stand. There's, There's no more legal ground for them to be able to stay and hold on. So that's what we're really after. We want to see people set free. It's not about our gift. It's not about our power. It's not about us doing whatever we want to do. No, it's about us representing Christ so that we can help people get free. Free people will free people. If you've been freely received, you can freely give. So that's really what we're wanting. We're wanting to see people to to really set free. Now, let me just go over something real quickly. What if demons don't leave? Well, we've already said something. There could be some unconfessed sin or something that's hidden in someone's life that they're just not ready to deal with. A lot of times, um, you know, we can only handle so much, especially if there's a lot of hurts and wounds. There's only so much that we can do. Um, and again, I go back to the issue of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is huge. Uh, I would say that's probably the majority of problem in so many people. We, we don't really... We know we're supposed to forgive, but a lot of times we don't really fully forgive, and we just sort of want to put it out of our misery, put it out of our mind, put it out of our, we don't even want to think about it. We just sort of put it over the side. But the reality is, is that it doesn't really work that way, and we got to really understand the power of forgiveness is love in action. There could be uh, some kind of an occult involvement. Again, that's a, a very quick way to opening the door for the enemy. Uh, it's very subtle. It's amazing how our children are being inundated with witchcraft. The Harry Potter, uh, the, we went through all these different things a number of years ago with all kinds of act, demonic activity that looks innocent, and people play with it. A lot of the games, a lot of the video games uh, that they're trying to constantly get, that opened the door to the enemy, always wanting to cause us to have some kind of a, a access point to us. And again, the person we're praying for may not really, uh, may not be ready for freedom. Again, remember it says if you cast out a demon, it's going to go through dry places. It's going to come back looking for 
back to the same house, if it's all swept and clean and you know there's nothing in it, it's going to bring seven other spirits with it. So what we're sharing here is that we need to be aware that, that hey, this is not a lightweight subject. At the same time, we're not trying to make people into deliverance ministers. We're just trying to explain the fact that if we're going to be walking with Jesus, if we're going to be doing the ministry of Jesus, we are going to encounter demonic spirits sometime or someplace. And again, it's not to be afraid of. It's not to be like, whoa, I'm something special. No, understanding my position of being in Christ. Now, we have a, a chart, Appendix A, on the back of that page. I want to go to that. Uh, this came from, uh, it's a book called The Shadow Boxing by Henry Malone. And I, I like this chart because what, and there's lots of other uh, deliverance ministries out there. There's many that have different ways of addressing things. And so we're not talking about yelling and screaming at principalities over nations and cities and governments. We're talking about dealing with personal things that affect us personally. There are 14 what he calls root spirits. And if you look at the chart, uh, these spirits are identified, and typically speaking, uh, you would address them as a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of sickness. There are various spirits under there. Now, just because you're sick or have a problem or someone's sick doesn't mean that it's a demonic spirit, but it could be. If we ignore that some sickness could be demonic, then we'll probably never, ever see the healing that God wants us to do. There is a spirit of fear. The Bible says God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but there is a spirit of fear. And so we got to recognize that it manifests in different ways. Spirit of whoredom, a spirit of perverseness, a, a deaf and dumb spirit. There's a lying spirit. There's a spirit of error. There's a spirit of divination, which is that witchcraft spirit that we read about in Acts chapter 16. Spirit of bondage. Here it says that God didn't give us a spirit of, of fear again unto um, death and its bondage. He gave us a spirit of adoption. So clearly there is a spirit of bondage. There's a spirit of haughtiness, which is pride. There's a spirit of the Antichrist. I think we're seeing so much of that today. Uh, the enemy is doing everything possible to oppress the church and anything that represents Christ, and especially anything that says Jesus is the only way. Spirit of heaviness, that's a spirit of depression. That spirit causes all kinds of problems. Today, we have so many people that are taking prescription drugs because of oppression or heaviness. And we're going to talk about that in another session, but that could be a spirit. There's a spirit of jealousy. That's where anger and rage and all that comes from. And there's a spirit that's a stupor or a slumbering spirit. Now, there are lots of spirits, and there's lots of assignments under these. I'm not trying to say this is all there is. There are different ministries that address different aspects. So what I'm not trying to do is to produce a deliverance ministry. I'm trying to introduce you to the reality that there is a spirit world. The spirits are real. They want to oppress. They want to, like he says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If the enemy could kill you, he already would have. 
and we don't need to be afraid of it. But we are going to encounter, if we're going to do the works of Jesus, if we're going to join him in setting the captives free, you are, you are going to encounter demonic spirits. So what I want to do, I want to pray that God would help us to have the spirit of discernment that discerning of spirits, it talks about in 1 Corinthians, because we need to have the ability to, to be spiritually aware of things that are going on. You, in your home, you realize your apartment, the place you live. We tell people when you travel, if you go into a hotel room, you need to take authority over any spiritual dimension, anything that was done there that was an abomination to God, and invite the presence of God. Wherever you work, you need to invite the presence of God. There's so many spiritual activity that's going on. People carry spirits. They walk right in. They're carrying a spirit and or spirits, plural. And so we've, we need to recognize that we're not looking for demons. We're not chasing spirits. We just need to recognize the spirit world that's around us. So let's pray. Father, we love you and bless you. And we thank you that you have loved us called us for a time such as this. The demons that were here uh, in Jesus' time, uh, they didn't all go away. And they're still demonic spirits today. And Lord, I ask that you'd help us to be discerning. Help us to discern the spirits. Help us to be sensitive to our spiritual world around us. Lord, our focus is on you. It's not on demonic spirits. But at the same time, you've given us authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And you said, by no means anything will hurt us. So I pray that over all of us as we literally join you in your ministry of setting the captives free. Lord, we're going to encounter demonic spirits. So I pray, Lord, you'd help us to be aware and help us to join you in seeing your complete and total victory exercised in the world that we live in. Lord, I thank you for every person that's watching, and I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you've given to us to expand your kingdom, your rule and reign. You said you have all authority in heaven and earth, and we thank you, Lord, that we get to represent you to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, setting the captives free. We love you, we bless you, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.